And so, yeah, I'd say just trust, trust God. And it's so funny. That's like the most annoying um, advice <laughs> because when someone's like, uh, or like when you look up to someone and you're asking for advice, man, it's just a whirlwind, you know, just trust God and he'll get you there. And it's like, what kind of advice is that? You know? Hello, my friends, and Happy New Year. Welcome to episode 135 of the Between You and Me podcast. This is the place where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in the church. My name is Jessica Morris. I am delighted that you are with me today, that it is 2023. I am hopeful that this will be a good year and hopefully filled with some great surprises uh, and some peace for us all after the chaos of the last few years. And what better way to kick off the new year than with an interview with an upcoming artist. This year we have some exciting opportunities on the horizon. Uh, Nothing set in stone yet. So as soon as I have more details for you, I will let you know. But until then, please count on the fact that we will continue to make these episodes. And As the year goes on, we should have some fun facts and news for you. In the meantime, let's get straight into this interview. It is with an upcoming singer-songwriter called Daniel Mulkey. Now, Daniel comes from Georgia, and he's actually a blend of country slash contemporary Christian worship slash Southern gospel. Now, if you've heard anything about me from the Dove Awards, my knowledge of Southern gospel music is next to nothing. So it was a delight to be able to chat with Daniel and actually hear how he's blended all these genres together and his upbringing together. Now, he actually released a debut album last year called Real. Great title, right? And the album is actually all about sharing our stories with with authenticity, with honesty, and he actually reflects on his own inner judgment towards uh, people in the Christian music industry and towards others and how that sort of taught him and compelled him to look at his own story in a certain way. I was fascinated by that and by how candid he was. So there's a lot here. Now, new friends of the show. Hi, welcome. So glad you're here. Um, you're about to hear a short bio. The who, what, when, where, why of Daniel Mulkey. So you get an idea of who this guy is. Then we're going to jump straight into the interview and you're going to hear some of the songs from his debut album along the way. Let's go. I will see you at the end of the show. This is Daniel Mulkey. With the release of his debut album, Real, upcoming country Christian artist Daniel Mulkey has created a niche for himself in Christian music, blending the southern gospel sounds of his childhood in Georgia with the contemporary Christian sounds he would hear on the radio. It means that the 24-year-old is emerging as a bridge between genres in the Christian music industry, and once you meet Daniel Mulkey, you'll understand how this happens. Because like the sounds of his music, Daniel is a culmination of a variety of circumstances. He was raised as a Southern Baptist church kid from Augusta, Georgia, and was a worshipper. He began leading at age 12, and in the past decade, he has worshipped in churches across the South. Now, while worship music has always remained a key component of his life, for years he actually devoted himself to business, uh, so much so that in the last two years, Daniel was able to completely self-fund his independent record, which is pretty impressive. Now, as a newly wedded dad, he also poured himself into a lot of things, including this creative project, and he tried to balance this all with work. 
until he felt the need to step back from employment. So he went from a high paying salary to unemployment. Yet Daniel and his wife decided to take the plunge and they trusted God for his provision. It meant that the debut record, which was released late last year, titled Real, was a testament of faith during its creation. Daniel was literally living out what he was singing. And after navigating his own inner judgment and realizing how God can use a person's story, he decided to title the album Real as a cry for Christians and the Christian music industry to share their stories with honesty, integrity, and transparency. We need that. Now, after three months of unemployment, while Daniel was working on the record, he was actually hired as a worship pastor at a Southern Gospel Church at a Southern Baptist Church in Georgia. And wonderfully, he was then able to complete a live recording of the album at his home church, sharing it with people of all ages and urging his community to continue to engage with Jesus. This live recording has just been released. With their debut album, which is a mix of country ballads, love songs, southern gospel tracks that will get you moving, and worship, Daniel Mulkey is a man on a mission. I chatted to him about his journey with unemployment, what it means to be real, not just hashtag authentic, and the reality of being a worship pastor. Friends, this is Daniel Mulkey. Daniel, for people who have just met you, like myself, who is Daniel Mulkey? Oh my gosh, that is a loaded question. Uh, Lord, uh, I am a Georgia boy. I have been in Georgia my whole life. My wife gets mad at me because I love Georgia so much. I'm not I'm not big into travel. I'm a homebody. Um, grew up uh, in church basically my whole life. Started, um, you know, becoming interested in music at a very young age. Started playing drums at the age of five and then um, taught myself guitar around 10. Started leading worship around that time. Consistently being in church in worship. And um, I am uh, 24 now, just getting into full time ministry. Um, I got a wife and two kids, uh, two kids under two. So I am exhausted, as you can imagine. <laughs> And um, uh, fun fact, my wife and I got married uh, in 2020. We got eloped because we didn't want to be separated. And um, and then, shocker, the following year we had our first child, Jacob. And then uh, in March of this year, uh, we had our daughter, Olivia. And so, um, and my wife tells me that she wants another child. So, just keep me in your prayers. That's all I need. That's all I need. I need prayers. <laughs> wow. So life is not only have you guys had to sort of navigate with a global pandemic, but you like you've been married and you've got kids. So your life is like, and you began a new job essentially. So your life is turned upside down. Yes. We, we relocated in August, uh, about three and a half hours away from home. And yes, we've been through a lot of change. My wife and I looked at each other and we were like, if we can go through all this in this amount of time, I think we got our lives pretty, we got a grip on it. So, you know, uh, she's my best friend. I've known her since I was about 10. And so she's about two and a half years older than me. So obviously I was in love the first time I saw her and she's like, you're a little baby. Get away from, you know. (laughs) Two and a half years means so much when we're younger, doesn't it? It does. It does. So, you know, we didn't start dating till actually uh, 2016. Uh-huh. And so, um, 
but yeah, we're we're great, and she's a great life partner and a big help to me. So it, it's it's a it's been a busy season, but a good one. Oh, and we made an album this last year, so that added on top of it. I remember who I was before you changed my life, before you picked me up and gave me your peace inside. I was on the run. You chased me down You were the cry Of your child waiting to be found But look where I am now I was lost and you sold me out I was broken but you fixed me somehow Before we chatted, I was looking through your social media and I loved, I saw all the pictures of you um, leading worship at your church and I saw pictures of your family and I was like, oh, I like this guy. I was like, he's, I like, I was like, I want to know more about this. So I love that you brought it up straight away because <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not a parent, but in awe of parents um, and yeah. having two under two and still making your music, I think that you and your wife are superheroes. Well, it's it's her that's a superhero, but I because I know we make a really good team. Couldn't do it without the Lord, but yes, it, it is a lot. I, I uh, I'm I'm very proud to call myself a parent now, but also very uh, uh, you know impressed by other parents. It's like wow, it's it's a harder job than one would think for sure. Yeah. So in the midst of all this, you recorded your first album called Real. Now I love mm-hmm. the title. Can you tell me about the album and why you chose that title, Real? What does it mean? Okay, so uh, when my wife and I were dating um, about, I think it was 2018, we we went to a Christian concert. And uh, basically on the first rows of that concert, there was um, a well-known Christian artist on that front row, not performing that night, but... um, they were on that front row, and uh, it was just, without going into a lot of details, it was obvious that they were dealing with stuff, um, particularly in the, the realm of addiction. And so um, initially we didn't know that who that artist was, um, but we just thought it was a random person. Well, the band comes out and points uh, this artist out, and they say, hey, it's good to see you, it's good to see you. And, um, so immediately everyone knows who it is and, uh, you know, me, you know, a lot's happened in my life the past year. So it's like my mentality has changed on how we approach people and, and dealing with sin and dealing with addiction and and dealing with those who are struggling. And so as young as I was, I looked at it and I was like, wow, that's really disappointing or judging or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, uh, that we hear about how people handle sin or struggles or addiction in general. We, we tend to shame that, unfortunately. And so, but what I say when I'm telling this story is it didn't concern me enough to talk to him about it, or it didn't concern me enough to pray for him, or it didn't concern me enough to say, Hey man, I don't, I don't know what you're going through, but Jesus loves you. And is there anything I can do to help you in any way? They didn't concern me. I walked out that night. 
without talking to him, uh, with judgment in my heart toward him. And, um, but, uh, one thing came out of it. I was walking to the parking lot and, and I was saying, I want to be real, but the song that I wrote thinking that it was for that Christian artist was actually for me because in, in reality, I think God was more disappointed in me that night because he was exactly where he should have been. You know, he was in the, the building filled with 5,000 people speaking the name of Jesus. And uh, I was one of those people that was probably there to minister to him more so than anything. And so looking back, once I finally got to the song, no, you know, it was, yes, it was, it was me that needed to be real. Um, and then he needed to be real with himself, meaning trying to get help and that kind of thing. So it, it there's two perspectives on that. And um, so that's kind of my prayer about the whole album. It's like, look, you know, the world is hard enough. Let's help each other. Let's uh, another song in the album is called Family. And it talks about how we're supposed to not only love one another, but to hold each other up and keep each other accountable and and all those things, what the body of Christ is supposed to be. So that's kind of the story behind Real. But it, um, I told that story. At, we did our first concert with the with the new music and it, it, a lot of people loved it just because of that bat story. But it's true. You know, we we go through seasons of ups and downs in our life. And I would be very weary of uh, judging someone else's experiences until you're there yourself. And thankfully, that same artist came out a couple months before the album was released and said, hey, I'm sober now and uh, God changed my life. And so it's it's a really a powerful story and I'm thankful that God let me see that um, and, and gave me this song so yeah that's kind of the story behind it I don't want to stand on stage let the light hit my face and not believe a single word I'm singing I can't go another day acting like everything's okay when my world is in pieces I want to be real Help me to live like who I claim to be Break down my walls and let all people see That you take what's broken and you make it ill Oh God I just want to be, I want to be real. Wow. One, thank you for not just creating the music out of it, but also like being humble enough to share that story. Um, I totally, like that that initial sense of judgment, I totally relate. That's part of where I began this podcast because I was living in Nashville for a while and I was watching all these people observing a Chris Tomlin Easter Easter. Good Friday concert, eating popcorn, and I was just like, what? I was like, because I'm just not used to American evangelical culture in that way, and I was so frustrated and I was so mad and I was like hating on the church and God spoke so clearly to me in that moment as well, being like, that's your people, like you are that church. Um, and so I, in that way I totally resonate. It's so challenging um, and loving someone even if they're not what you expect or you hope more for them. Um, and then working through that and seeing the humanity 
is so challenging. And for, for me, I'll go on to one question soon. I, what I love about what you're doing is that really speaks to the fact that in, and this is worldwide, it's like celebrity culture, but in Christian culture, we tend to hold people and expect them to be perfect. Whereas we're all human. So we're all going through stuff. So what you're actually creating nearly opens the door in a really safe way for those conversations. I think that's really cool. And I say this with great respect, a really bold move in your first album. I love that. It's really, really cool. Yeah, I think it was just, uh, you know, we we just have to realize that, yes, there are um, for pastors, for worship leaders, for uh, people on platforms, there is that extra pressure. There is that extra expectation. But when people are hurting, when people are going through stuff, we cannot, you know, from the biggest stage to the smallest rooms to a bedroom, wherever anyone is at, we can't, we can't judge that walk because that walk eventually becomes a testimony. If we can get them. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's keep going. You know, so, um, we got to we kind of got to walk each other down that path and that road. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think I've heard a lot of good things about people's response to the song and, and, uh, I'm just thankful God's choosing to use it. So. Yeah. That is so, so good. Sorry that I, I stopped you in the middle of like a fantastic quotable. I was like, <laughs> this is ministering to me. This is so good. Um, can you tell me about, you've told me a little bit about your about your story, how you got here. Can you expand on that a bit? Like how did you get to a point where I know that you were unemployed for some time, but you became uh, on staff as a worship leader and then also recorded an album full of songs. How did all of this come together to happen for you? Okay, so um, for like I said, I started leading worship at 11 or 12 and then um, eventually went part-time at uh, my home church in Rome, Georgia. Um, and uh, at a certain point started traveling to other churches and leading worship for events or different things like that. Or like I was always, it was, leading worship was always a weekend, you know, type thing. It wasn't ever a full um, surrender saying, God, you know, this, you know, uh, what I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do full-time. And so uh, in, my day job was working uh, in, in the construction industry doing sales. And um, uh, before I quit, I was, on, I was on a track to do about a million in sales this year by myself. And so um, my, as early as this year, my wife was, uh, well, still is, thank, thank the Lord, um, a stay-at-home mom. But at the time, we were making more money than we've ever made in our life. It was a very cushy, easy position. I could, I could be wherever I wanted to be, sell remotely, all that stuff. And at a certain point, uh, it just kind of all hit the wall. And I, I came home one day to Emily and I said, I, I can't do it anymore. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Um, but I can't do it anymore. And, um, and she said, "Okay, I'll, I'll support you." And and yes, the Octo- uh, last October we started the process of recording the album because I had plenty of funds. I um, I had some songs I knew I wanted to share. Uh, the first single was "Without a Redeemer," um, 
recorded, uh, uh, produced by uh, Daniel Doss. And so um, we started that process. So we started the album in uh, October of 21, and I quit this May of 22. So, and anyone in the music industry knows if you're going to do an album and do it right with all the marketing, it's, it's a really big financial and mental and everything undertaking. And so we hadn't even finished the album yet. I quit my job and, um, thinking that I was going to pivot into something else and into the same industry, um, did not pan out. God shut every possible door. I mean, I, here I was, I, you know, I'm very knowledgeable on certain subjects and uh, have a degree in business and all these things and could not find a job. God was shutting every door. A church, uh, the church I'm at now in Augusta, Georgia, was one of those churches that I would drive to on the weekends and leave worship. And I let the pastor know um, that I quit my job and he said, Daniel, please move here. And um, at the time, I was like, you know, um, you know, thinking in my mind, you know, what I needed in terms of money, housing, all that to still allow my wife to still be at home with our kids. But, you know, it was just that situation. And when I say God took that and it seeded that, um, he did it. He, he went above and beyond what I needed to make that happen and we're here today um but the the cool part about this is um i came home i quit my job that next week is when i was supposed to record final vocals for the album and it was a large amount of money to put down uh to finish the album and i looked at my wife and uh, she said do it she said you know it yeah it, it And I honestly believe that we wouldn't have ever done it. Like she just said, if we don't do it now, you're never going to do it. So we did it. We finished it. God provided. We moved in August. Now I'm doing worship full time at this church. My wife is a stay-at-home mom with our, our kids, and, and we have an album out. And so God worked it all together. But I promise you, that was a it was a hard three months because – I've been very blessed in my life. I, I, I haven't really had to want or, or worry for much. But in that time frame, I, I found the, the faithfulness of God and, um, and, and Him to be true to His Word. Uh, not to say that He'll give us everything we want, but He has given me everything I need. Yeah. And, um, and I'm, I'm so thankful for that. So that's kind of how, how we got here. This morning with a smile on my face I can't believe I get to see another day Whatever happens, whatever comes my way I know it's for my good Something good is bound to happen Today walking in grace and mercy
what a cool story. That is so good. I love how God was like writing your testimony while you were literally recording it. <laughs> it's I'm so good. It, it worked out really. It just, it couldn't have worked out any other way. Uh, you know, it, it was amazing. That is so good. So I know that you were a country Christian artist. So you have like, and, and while I was reading for the press, so you've got influences of like Southern Baptist, but also like contemporary Christian music. Was that like a natural, were you naturally drawn to sort of that sound or was that a choice for you? Grow, I grew up in Northwest Georgia. Um, so when you turn on the radio, you would hear bluegrass, Southern gospel, and then like out of Atlanta, you get CCM. And so all those kind of influence combined, and that's kind of what, you know, the the producer who helped me um, get the album done is uh, Foster Farrell. And uh, he, he's toured with some country artists, but is a producer now and a songwriter and uh, just a great guy and a good friend. And um, when I came to him about the album, I said, I want to write like a Christian country CCM worship record. And that's basically what we did. I mean, it, it sounds exactly like I wanted it to sound. Um, there's not a label behind it. It's it's self-funded. It's it's not even crowdfunded. So I have made, you know, exactly what I wanted and how I wanted it. And so I'm just really proud of it. I, I turn I, I turn on every song and it's exactly uh, basically my style. And I think it really communicates um my vision for who I want to be as an artist and, and what I want to say. And so I'm, I'm really proud of, of the sound. And yeah, as you can tell by my accent, you know, that's, you know, I lean into the country. It it's just right. depends on where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, no, it's awesome. I love it. I, and I'm honestly struggling to figure out another artist who fit, fits into that, like that niche, which I love because it's actually like, it's yours and you've created something out of that. That's really yeah, I, you know, I was talking to my wife about it. You know, I could have made a very strict CCM pop, you know, um, I could have done that. But really, the album sounds like me individually. And, um, you know, I, I played it live uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, we're booking more stuff to do in uh, next year. But uh, I think there was just a very warm atmosphere in the room because it was really like sharing really a very personal aspect of yourself. Um, because as a worship leader, I really didn't want to uh, put on shows that felt like a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted it to be a warm stories, spirit filled atmosphere and not so much of a performance. And so um, I think the combination of kind of sharing the stories behind the songs, my heart behind the songs, and also it really just sounding like a very unique sound to me, um, I think really helped achieve that, especially for the live shows. So, Oh, I love that. That sounds great. I wish I could go to one of your shows. It would be fun. Well, we're, um, we recorded that show, and so I, I'm planning on publishing that, that video um, somewhere. Out Love there. it. Well, whenever so. it's published, we'll share it. It sounds great. <laughs> I was once a broken man, defined by the words of my hand that failed to see the light of day. Then your love came and found me, picked me up and 
unexplainable is the uh, the worship track on the album. And it was actually pretty funny because, um, you know, as a worship leader, you would think I have all these worship songs I've written, but not really. I'm pretty uh, I, it's hard to impress myself. And so, uh, you know, one night I was in my apartment. This was this song was actually written before me and Emily um, got married. And I was in my apartment. I had my Bible open. I had worship music on. I was praying to the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I was praying to Chris Tomlin, like, please give me something, you know. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, I was reading in the Bible where God is continually called holy. And so the bridge from that song is holy, holy, holy. And um, and then from there, I kind of kind of uh, started to write about what God has meant to me. He's he's been patient for me. Um, he's he when I was like a prodigal son, he welcomed me back with a robe and and all these things. And at the end of the day, his uh, because of his holiness, because of his sovereignty, um, he's almost unexplainable. He he cannot be fathomed. He's he's without limits. He's omnipresent. All these things. And so uh, this became, I was looking at the tracks for the song. I'm like, I'm a worship leader and I don't have a worship song on the track. And so uh, we put that on there and um, we uh, were publishing it on uh, or putting the resources out there through uh, like Sonslet and CCLI so people can uh, sing it in their churches and stuff. So I'm really excited about it. But that that's another favorite of mine. And um yeah, I, I'm really proud of that one. Unexplainable. So nicely done. I love that. So if someone picks up, presses play on this album on Spotify, or they take the next step, they buy it and download it, which would be a great idea. Yeah. What is the one thing you want them to take away from this? Um, the title track. Be real. Um, we've got to let go of this. Um, you know, I as I as I continue to to grow in my relationship with Christ, I just realize, hey, you know, I'm I'm so far from perfect. The closer you get to Christ, the more you realize how dirty and sinful you are on your own. And um, everyone's struggling with something, big or small. So we've got to be real with one another. Be real about what you're going through. Be real about where you've come from. That's our testimony. The biggest the biggest thing that that points to Christ is a very individual and personal experience for every Christian. It's your testimony. That's the that's something that you can attest to and say, hey, all I know, I, I don't know much of anything else. But if I know one thing, it's God took me from this person to here, you know, to where I am now. And so be real. Share your testimony. Talk to people when you see people going through something. Minister to them. And then when and when you're struggling for yourself, have someone in your life where you can say, hey, man or hey, woman, I, you know, I'm, I'm going through something and I need someone to hold me accountable, you know. Yeah. And you're strong enough to move the immovable 
wise enough to speak the unthinkable you are so patient you waited for me to come back home so forgiving you welcome me back with a slightly lighter note these are my quick questions which uh as you develop more and more fans they will stop you on the road and maybe they would ask you this or i'm just curious and i've got nowhere else to put these so my first quick question for you what is your favorite song of all time any genre oh my gosh me and emily uh, my wife love listening to uh, africa by toto perfect good choice Yes, <laughs> timeless. Yep. That's a good one. So good. All right. What is the funniest moment you've ever had worship leading? Oh, my gosh. Funniest moment. It's just been a lot of um, – I remember when I first started trying to incorporate Trats as a, a solo artist, so many things have gone wrong. Oh, my gosh. Like just song starting in the wrong place and – you just kind of laugh. You kind of have to laugh through it, you know, in, in general. And so I can't really think of a specific time because honestly, it has happened so much. Life, <laughs> and, right? Yes. And, and I think I, if another worship leader is listening, they can get that because it's like, I just like to burn these memories out of my head. I'm asking you to really throw me here. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So I honestly, probably the funniest ones I've uh, since forgotten about on purpose. I don't blame you at all. Uh, so. My last question for you, if you could go back to, oh, let's say 2019, before like your whole life changed, before you were married, before you had kids, before the recording happens, before you left your job, what would you tell yourself knowing what you know now? Okay, so 2019, this is right before, all right, so I, is this before I proposed to Emily? Because I proposed to her September of 2019. Let's go before, just because it sounds fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Hmm. All right, well, I had pretty, I knew I wanted to marry her at a very young age, so that's that's not a problem. I, if I would have went back and like, don't worry, dude, you're doing it right, she, I, he would have been like, well, obviously, I know that. Um, I, I would probably say just um, just take your hand off the wheel and um, and let Jesus do what He does. Let God kind of lead you where you need to be, because that I, I think that's um, you know uh, through this whole process there's been actually a peace. And when you get on the other side of a big life change like that, where only God can 
navigate it and you get to the other end, you realize, man, you know, God's really got this whole thing figured out, doesn't he? He's, he's really got our life figured out for us almost. You know, we, we have to trust in him. We have to walk in his plan. We have to accept his gift. We have to, of salvation, we have to do these things. But trusting in God and just saying, you know, yes, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to work. I'm going to prepare. But at the end of the day, it's it's God who can only really move the mountains that need to be moved or or or, uh, or close those doors that you need to avoid. And so, yeah, I'd say just trust trust God. And it's so funny. That's like the most annoying um, advice <laughs> because when someone's like, uh, or like when you look up to someone and you're asking for advice, man, it's just a whirlwind, you know, just trust God and he'll get you there. And it's like, what kind of advice is that? You know, but it's true. You just kind of have to, I don't, I don't know what my life is going to look like in a year or 10 years or Lord, I don't know what it's going to look like in six months because my life has changed so much just in the last three. And so just, just, <clears throat> excuse me, just learning to trust in God and, and trust in his plan, I guess. If you're looking for a friend, I can be there for you. If you ain't got nobody, I can be the one that you talk to. But if you're looking for something to change your life, there's just one answer. His name is Jesus Christ. So if you need healing, reach for His nail-scarred hands. If you need forgiveness, just call Him and He'll understand. If you're looking for love, that's straight for As someone who knows very little about country music and Southern gospel, it was delightful for me to meet Daniel and to see how he blends all those genres into like CCM, contemporary Christian music, because that's what I know. Um, so that was lots of fun. Thank you, Daniel, for taking a time to chat with me and for sharing your faith. Saying faith journey sounds really cliche because we use that term all the time in the church, but sharing your story with me, um, I think it was really brave to like step back from work and and record an album and I'm I know that God is always faithful I know that things don't always pan out how we planned and in this case I'm really really thankful and so excited for you that this album came together that all your hard work was able to pour into it that your family was able to support you in it um, and that you now have a job that you love I think it's amazing um and you know the thing that actually caught my attention so when I got the email to say, would you like to interview Daniel, was that I checked out his Instagram and I saw these pictures of him with his wife and his kids and I was like, oh, this is a family guy. I like this man. Like his music sounded good, but I like this guy. And then I saw shots of him um, leading worship at church and I knew straight away I was like, this is a family church. It's for the local community. It's not about success or bravado. It is about standing up and leading people in worship and 
growing as a community of God because this isn't a mega church. This is like a homegrown local church. And I was like, I want to talk to that guy. What makes you give up a huge career and choose unemployment? Granted, you're a musician, but still that's scary, right? And then choose to go into this job at a church where, I mean, it depends what church you go to, but you don't get a whole lot of glory. You can if you become a mega pastor or a Christian celebrity, but like you go up and you serve every Sunday. It's a hard job. I think everyone who's ever been on a church worship team or has led any ministry in a church will say it's a hard slog. Um, And while the Christian music industry and the area of Nashville will really celebrate and sort of glamorize Christianity and Christian leaders, the truth of the reality is that the vast majority of any sort of leadership is hard, hard work behind the scenes. And some of those people have really good Instagram presences and other people don't have any time for it. Um, some people can afford to pay people to create that presence, which is amazing. I mean, I can't knock that. I I'm a, I work in social media communications. Technically, I could be paid to do that too, right? So I can't knock it. But there's something that to be said about when people pour their energy and their blood and their sweat and their tears into creating something um, because they believe it's what God has asked them to do and they wanted to use it to benefit other people. And when Daniel does something like this in the name of saying, let's tell our stories and let me share my own shadows and my own struggles and judgment with the world in the mission of encouraging us to actually love other people and accept them, I have so much respect for that because, man, I I resonate with judging the church. I resonate with that. I resonate with that. And so um, to have Daniel share his story and his reflection of that was really interesting. That's all that we have for today. Thank you, friends, for joining me for this conversation about what is real. Now, you can get Daniel's album Real on all good streaming platforms, including all the tracks that you heard today, and you can also contact him online. He's on Instagram at Daniel Monkey Music, Daniel, M-U-L-K-E-Y Music, and DanielMonkey.com. You will find all information about Daniel there. If you you would like to book him for your church, you can get more info there and go and connect with him. Say hi, love what you're doing. Really interested to see what you're doing in the future. I'm sure he would absolutely love that. If you ever see someone going through something like, I don't know, a public figure going through a crisis in public, if that's you, I would look at all the facets and your training before you approach them. Are you safe? Are they safe? Do they want public attention right now? Um, Do you have people around you who can support you? Do they have support systems? Like there are lots of facets here. And so while Daniel was like, I could have gone up to this guy and ministered to him. Ilk, he could have. And that would have been beautiful. But also being aware that there is so much that comes with addiction and with inner turmoil and religious trauma and struggle uh, that we don't always know. And so there's an element where sometimes if we are equipped um, and we are trained and we feel like we have, we understand this or we like this person that doesn't have anyone around them to support them, we can step in. But it's also so important to use discernment and wisdom in those situations as well. And your life experience will teach you that. The people you're with will teach you that. And also, if you see someone in crisis or experiencing things and you see people around them, not always. Sometimes they will be trying to address that too or support them through that. That's the function of community. And sometimes if our community is acting as a healthy community, that will facilitate 
the avenues to healing rather than what a stranger could do. That's not to say God can't use strangers. It's not to say God can't use us in someone's life. By all means, we should be encouraging and loving people, but it's not all on us. Maybe part of Daniel's story is that he was meant to witness this and experience this discontent and struggle in his own heart and was meant to come out with this story. Because the amazing thing is that this guy who he was talking about has since publicly talked about going through healing and recovery. Now, we know that recovery is not linear. I do not know who Daniel was talking about, um, so I can't speak into that. But it's really interesting to know that God can use what other people are going through to actually highlight the shadows in our own hearts so that we become more like him. I say that from my own experience and also being aware that a lot of you guys will know this, but like celebrity culture and Christian celebrity culture in Nashville and at Christian festivals and the Christian music industry is very strange. There's so much going on under the surface that we don't know. And so while there's stuff that we are publicly seeing in front of us, some of it concerning, there's also stuff going on behind the scenes that can, that's concerning. Stuff that's, that's allowed to happen when it shouldn't happen or stuff that people don't know about. And, and so recognizing that when we step into the commoditized world of Christian music and Christian music festivals and concerts, we can enjoy them. We can experience God through them. God can move. God does move. We know that, right? But know that what we're always seeing is not the full picture. Our God is bigger than all of it, but what we're seeing is not the full picture. And so in this in this specific case, this one guy who Daniel witnessed struggling with addiction, there is a whole world and a whole story and a whole industry behind what this man is going through right now. And I'm really, really hopeful that he's, he's like healing and on a path to recovery now, right? But maybe the fact of this story isn't about we should be looking for the people who are addicts or who are broken in those to, to help them. Like I use that quote unquote to help them like so that we can be better people. Maybe the idea is when we enter these environments, we embody Christ and we hear him. We see through his eyes and we invite the spirit to come and say, God, what are you saying to me in this moment? Because sometimes God will want us to minister to people. And other times God will say, arrive and be present and let me do the work in you. And that's enough. All right, friends, we'll be back very soon with another episode. We are recording multiple times this month. So there's more on the way. But until then, please make sure that you have subscribed, go on iTunes and give us a rating of five stars. It's like a late Christmas present. How long do you think I can pull that out? I don't know, but it's still January. And Taylor Swift still has a Christmas tree lights up. So go and give us a five-star rating as a Christmas present, please. That would be great. And you can connect with us on social media at Between You Me Pod. We are also online at Between You and Me Pod with a bunch of old episodes, starting to upload some transcripts, fun things like that. So go check us out. That's all for this week. My name is Jessica Morris. I will see you very soon for more honest conversations about the things that hurt, heal and change us in the church. Here's to hope. in my heart and doesn't look away Knows my secrets and loves me anyway Who walks on water and opens up the grave Yes you are, you are a friend of sinners 
Sure. 